Well, hey, and welcome to the Quad City Podcast, where we are on mission to make more and better disciples of Jesus everywhere, always. We're so glad you're joining us in that today. Well, before we dive into today's sermon, would you do me a quick favor? Would you go ahead and open your app store and search Quad City Christian Church? Download our app because it's the best way to stay connected with what's happening here at Quad City. If you're new joining us for the first time, click that new here form as we'd love to reach out and connect with you. You could also submit prayer requests and even give on that same app. It's the best way to stay connected here at Quad City. Well, hey, now that that's out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into our sermon from Sunday. We hope you enjoy. My name's Corey. I'm a pastoral resident at our Prescott Valley campus. And this morning, we are so glad that you've chosen to be here at Quad City. And speaking of our Prescott Valley campus, I want to welcome in everyone at Glassford Hill Middle School right now, worshiping with us out in Prescott Valley. And to everyone watching online, wherever you might be, so glad that you have the chance to tune in with us today. And we can't wait for the day that we get to worship with you in person at one of our two campuses. Now, this week, we are in week three of our Variety Pack series. And this year for Variety Pack, we have been going over the spiritual disciplines. And today we get to take a look at the spiritual discipline of Bible intake or Bible reading. So this morning, I want to start by asking a question. So go ahead and raise your hands if you would say that you desperately desire to hear from God. Go ahead and raise your hands if you would say that you want to hear from God. Well, it's a good thing that everyone in our church wants, just about everyone in our church wants to hear from God. But of course you do. Of course you do. If you didn't care to hear from God, you probably wouldn't be here today but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that if I had asked you to raise your hand again, but this time I said, raise your hand. If you desperately desire to be reading your Bible, I would assume if we're all being honest with ourselves, there'd be a lot less hands in the air for that question. See, most of us in this room would say that we have an incredible desire to hear from God, but we don't have that same desire to be reading scripture. And we have this understanding, the Bible is the word of God. How many times have you heard that phrase, word of God? It's almost become a cliche, but I don't know if we always treat the Bible as if it really is the word of God. See, sometimes I think we have a tendency to view it as a book that has some good stories in it, Maybe it has some sad stories, some confusing ones, and some encouraging stories. Or we have the tendency to view the Bible as a book that just has a lot of good advice in it. And if we listen to the advice in the book, our lives would probably look a little bit better. But the issue is when we chalk it up as just being a religious book with 
some stories and with some advice in it, when we just chalk it up to being that, we miss out on the truth that the Bible is the active word of God and that God is trying to speak to us through it. See, in 2 Timothy 3.16, we read that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, and training in righteousness. See, the, the fact that all scripture is God-breathed is so crucial because this means that it's not just the words of man or of a man who wrote it down or a woman who wrote it down in a book. It's not just literature, but it is the actual word of God by which the creator of the universe has chosen to speak to you and I. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And this alive and active piece that we see here, I think a lot of us in the room can attest to that being true. And here's why I say that, because when we've read the same piece of passage over and over and over, and by the sixth time that we read it, God reveals something completely new to us, almost as if it's the first time we've ever read that passage. Well, that happens because his word is alive and active. See, for me, a great example of this happening was our Romans series that we just wrapped up. See, I've read Romans multiple times. I even had to take a Romans course in Bible college but there were so many times throughout the Roman series that God had revealed something completely new to me. And I was seeing it as if it was the first time I had ever opened up Paul's letter to the Romans. And that's because his word today is still alive and active. And if we honestly believe that these two verses are true, if we honestly saw the value of these two verses that I just shared with you, we would think that that would lead to more Bible reading, correct? We would assume that if we truly believed and saw the value of what we just shared, we'd be so much more inclined to dive into Scripture. But unfortunately, I don't know if we all truly do believe that. Studies have shown that around 32% of Christians read their Bibles on a daily basis, only 32%. And what that means isn't just that 68% of Christians aren't reading a book, but what it really means is that 68% of Christians are not regularly hearing from their God. Now here at Quad City, we did a poll this last week asking everybody, how often do you read your Bible? And out of the people that had answered, we had a whopping 77% of our people say that we read the Bible almost every day. So this could mean one of three things. Either we are killing it and we're doing a really, really good job here at Quad City and other churches need to figure out what we're doing. Or it means that we're a bunch of liars. Or it just means that we didn't have enough people open up their Quad City app and take the poll to make it accurate. So... 
But anyways, if we truly believed what we read in 2 Timothy 3 and in Hebrews 4, I think that these national stats, that 32%, I think that we would see those go up a lot. And even though there are hundreds of reasons why the word of God is so valuable, today I want to outline three reasons. And the first one is because our Bible intake is crucial to our relationship with God. See, we as Christians, we want to know God more. And we want to hear what he has to say to us. But a lot of times we want him to speak to us in a very particular way. Sometimes we want him to speak to us in like a burning bush fashion, where maybe he's a loud voice from the sky that only we can hear. Or we want him to talk to us in a vision or maybe show up in one of our dreams. See, we want to hear from him, but we don't really want to hear from him in a way that makes us take the time out of our day to actively listen. And if he doesn't choose to speak to us through one of these miraculous methods, then we feel as if he isn't present in our lives. Or we feel as if maybe he just doesn't want to communicate with us at all. And so then we stop seeking after him and we stop seeking after his will. And yes, of course, there are times where God does choose to speak to us in a miraculous way, but God has made it very clear that he has already spoken to us. We just need to open up the pages and hear what he has to say. He has already revealed himself to us, but we might not have taken the time to turn the pages to really get to know him. And we would be naive to think that this does not directly affect our relationship with God. So let me ask you this. How healthy would your marriage be if any time your spouse tried to talk to you, you just ignored them? You didn't hear what they said. And there's probably some wives out there like, yeah, that's what my husband does anyways. If that's you, please listen to your wife. But anyways, how how healthy of a marriage would that be? How real would your friendships be if you never took the time to hear what your friend has to say to you and there was only one, a one-way street of communication? What would your relationship with your kids look like? If you never made space to hear what they had to say to you, and what if you only ever spoke to your counselor or therapist, and then once that they had anything to say to you, you ignored them, got up, and walked out of the room. See, all of us in the room would agree that obviously hearing from the other person is a very important part of any relationship. But then for some reason, when it comes to our relationship with God, we don't always treat it this way. And almost everyone in the room here would say that they want to know God more and you want to excel in your understanding of who God is is. But how can we expect to do this when we don't listen to him tell us? If every single time your spouse tried to speak to you, if you ignored them, you would have no idea who that person really is. But this is what so many Christians do every single day when we neglect to open up our Bibles. How can we expect to know him if we refuse to listen to him? Now, many of you are familiar with the story of Mary and Martha. 
Now, Martha or Jesus is coming over to Martha's house for dinner. And while Martha is busy taking care of all the chores that come with having company over for dinner, her sister Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to everything that he has to say. And as any sibling would when they have to do more work than the other sibling, Martha gets a little upset and she starts to complain. And she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. See, Mary has chosen the one thing needed, and that is to sit in the presence of Jesus, to listen to his words and to get to know him. And since you and I don't often have Jesus over for dinner parties, we can't sit at the feet of Jesus the same way that Mary did. But see, for you and I, this one thing needed has to come in the form of spending time in the scripture, listening to what God has to say to us and getting to know him more. Now, the second reason why this spiritual discipline of Bible intake is so important is because Bible intake is essential for our lives to be guided by God's will. Now, it'll be very difficult for God's will to guide our lives and to be guided by him rather than ourselves if we are not immersing ourselves in his word. See, when we are in the word of God, we can be prepared for what is to come. We can know how to handle the situations that we are walking through. And overall, we just know the will of God for our lives. And though there are countless places in scripture that talk about this concept, if there's one person who really gets it, it's the author of Psalm 119. See, in Psalm 119, he talks all about this idea in multiple places when he says things like, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. I've considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? And I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. See, the author of Psalm 119 knows that the word of God is what he wants to navigate his life rather than his own mind. He knows that the word of God is the difference between a life that is guided by God and a life guided by ourselves. And I don't know about you, but I sure want God to be guiding my life rather than myself. But if we're being honest, I think sometimes we only seek after God's will or we only seek after God's guidance when we feel lost. 
See, it's in the low of the low times that we finally might turn to God and say, okay, I, I need your help. I need your guidance. So we turn to him and we open up our Bibles. And that's great. That's, we need to be doing it in the low times. But when we only do it then, we miss out on the blessing of being able to know God's will for our lives in every season. I know that the author of Psalm 119 was seeking God's guidance in every moment of his life. So I hope that we can be a church that has that same mindset. And the third reason why this discipline is so important is because Bible intake is a necessary part to becoming better disciples of Jesus. See, here at Quad City, our mission statement is to make more and better disciples of Jesus everywhere, always. And our first core value is that we teach the Bible. And see, our core values and our mission statement go hand in hand because we know that we will never become better disciples of Jesus if we are not first in his word. We will never become more Christ-like if we are not taking the time to spend time in scripture. I want to go back to 2 Timothy 3 really quickly, where we, where we read that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You'll notice here that the focus in 2 Timothy 3, it's not just about knowing good doctrine. It's not about filling our minds with more knowledge, but it's all about the transformation that occurs in us to make us better disciples. See, the word of God truly has the power to transform the people that we are. When we are spending time in the word of God, we have the ability to change from who we are now to becoming more like Jesus. But these things, these good works that we see here, these don't happen if we aren't first here, if we're not first in his word. And like a disciple of anything, we have to be aware of the teachings of our teacher. We cannot truly be a disciple of anything if we are not taking in the teachings of the discipler. Not just some of the teachings, not just the teachings that we like, not just the teachings that we memorized when we were a kid, but all of the teachings of the teacher. And the unfortunate truth is, I think there's a lot of Christians out there today who have not had the opportunity to be transformed into the people that God is calling them to be simply because they are not fully aware of the teachings that their discipler has told them through scripture. So when we desire to be better disciples, when we desire to be more like Christ and to put sin to death, and even though we desire it, when we find it so hard to do that, and it just seems impossible to actually put sin to death and to actually be able to repent, I think that we need to take a hard look at how much time we are actually spending in the word of God. 
Because so many times a lack of time spent in scripture can be the direct cause for a lack of Christ-like behavior. And I know this is true because of how I've seen it in my own life. There've been so many times where I've just been failing at being a good disciple. And it seems so hard to be able to actually put my sin to death and to be able to become more like Jesus. And in those times, I've recognized that I'm just not spending the time in scripture that I need to be doing. I realize that I'm not making God's word a priority in my life. So of course it's a battle I'm not going to win. Of course I can't win that battle against sin on my own. And I will lose because I'm not equipped with the double-edged sword that God has offered me. And when I do finally pick up that double-edged sword and I do finally dive into the word of God, it's still a fight. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's, it's easy. It's still a fight against sin, but at least it's a battle that you get to fight with the word of God at your side rather than trying to do it on your own strength. In John 8, Jesus is talking to some uh, Jewish followers and he makes a comment that defines what a disciple of his will look like. And he says to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, I really quickly want to look at this word hold that we see here. See, 72 out of the 128 times that we see this Greek word show up in our New Testament, it has the meaning or the sense of continuing. And whether the NIV translates that into the English word continue, abide, dwell, stay, or remain, we see that this word here brings about a sense of continuation. See, our time dwelling in the word of God must be a continued practice. Jesus himself tells us that we are really his disciples when we hold to his teachings, when we continue in his word. So if being a disciple of Jesus is important to you, then your Bible intake better be important to you also. I also want to look at who he's talking to. See, he's talking to those who had already believed. He's not talking to the new believer, but he's talking to those who have already believed him. And even though they have heard his words before, he tells them that they must continue. And I think sometimes we don't have this mindset. I feel like sometimes we act as if the Bible is just something that new believers need to read. And then they know it. And once you know it, then it's not quite as important to continue in it. But we need to remember that Jesus is talking to those who already believe that they need to remain in his word to be his disciple. See, for Jesus, being his disciple means that Bible intake is not optional. Now, the Center for Bible Engagement did a study on the correlation between the spiritual health of a Christian and the amount of time that they are spending in the Word of God. In this study, they were able to find that Christians who read their Bible four times a week, okay, four times a week, not every single day, barely more than half the days in a week. Christians who read their Bibles four times a week 
showed 62% less drunkenness, 59% less use of pornography, 59% less sexual sin, and they gambled 45% less. There was 40% less bitterness, 32% less destructive thoughts, 32% less isolation, 30% less loneliness, and an an increased ability to forgive by 31%. See, there is a very direct correlation between the amount of time that we are spending in Scripture and the disciple of Jesus that we become. It's not just about the information that goes into our heads, but when we are constantly filling ourselves with the word of God, something happens within us and we are transformed. We're transformed into better husbands and wives. We're transformed into better parents, better friends. We become more God-honoring in everything that we do. We have the ability to put sin to death and we become better disciples of Jesus. See, your Bible intake is crucial to the disciple of Jesus that you become. And that's why it's so important for each of us to be taking this spiritual discipline very seriously. Because when we are in his word, we will hear from him. We will have guidance as we walk through life and we will become better disciples of Jesus. So the question today then, is how. How do we practically put this spiritual discipline into action? Well, the first thing that I think we need to do is find the right time, place, and plan for you. See, there's a reason that this is called a spiritual discipline, and it's because it takes discipline to do it well. Probably familiar with that guy named Daniel, who got thrown into the lion's den. Now, yes, I know that this story, that his story is a story on prayer, but what I want to look at this morning is the discipline that Daniel had shown when it came to his time with God. See, during his time, there was a decree that was issued by King Darius saying that nobody can pray to anyone except for King Darius. And so after this decree is issued, we read this in Daniel 6. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Now, I remember reading this as a kid, this story. And I'm thinking, Daniel, what are you doing? Why do you have your windows open? Just close the windows or go downstairs or go into a room and close the door. You can still pray. Yeah, still pray. But why do you have to do it at that place at that time? And I now realize that it was important for Daniel that he would be at that place at that time to worship God because it was a part of the routine that he had constantly carried out. He was going to be intentional about being where he had made that habit because if he steered from it, time with God might not have, be, might not have been the priority that it needed to be. So for you, what does your habit look like? When and where are you constantly setting aside time to be in the word of God? See, for me, I, I can't do it at night. And it drives me crazy because I'm not a morning person at all. But 
I can't do it at night because I'll get, I'll get too tired or something will come up. I'll always have an excuse to skip a night. So for me, I have to do it in the morning. That's just what I have to do. And I have to be consistent because otherwise I'll go periods of time where I'm never or very rarely actually in the scripture. So I have to stay consistent with it. Now, obviously, I don't know what it looks like for you, but you need to find a time and a place where you can can make this a priority, where you can make your Bible intake a priority. And if you're hearing this and thinking, oh, well, I just don't have the time in my day to to do this consistently. Then I want to have you, then I want to ask you to open up the settings on your phone and look at your screen time and then still tell yourself that you don't actually have time for the word of God. And for those of you who don't have a consistent schedule yet, can you do this one thing for me? Let's start with four days a week. Let's try four days a week. I'm not asking for every day, but four days a week, let's set aside some time to jump into the word of God. And once you have found that time and place, in order to stick with it, you're going to need a plan. Now, I'll let you off the hook here. Having a Bible reading plan doesn't mean that you have to start in Genesis 1 and end in Revelation 22. We all know halfway through Leviticus, that Bible might go up on the shelf for a little while. But it is important that you have a plan of some sort. And there's so many good plans out there. Open up your Bible to Psalms or Proverbs. Jump into the Gospels where we see the life and the stories of Jesus and his time here on earth. Head out to Pastor's Point after service or out to Connection Central and one of our pastors can help get you on the right page for where to go. Download the YouVersion Bible app. There's countless plans that you can scroll through until you find the right one for you or go onto the Quad City app and in our resources page for Variety Pack, we've got a couple places that'll help send you on the right way. See, I don't care exactly what your plan looks like, but it is very important that you have one so that you can stay consistent. And the second part of how to do this well is that we need to be intentional about our time in scripture. So for those of you who do have a pretty disciplined plan, you have a time and a place and you've been doing it for a few years, I I think that this is probably your biggest danger. I think that the biggest danger for those who are, are consistent is allowing your time in scripture to lose its intentionality. See, it can be easy to allow our Bible intake to be something that we treat as a box to check off of the to-do list for the day. And when we view our Bible intake as simply a task, rather than being intentional about it, we neglect that God is trying to communicate with us. If we don't treat the word of God as living, how can we expect for him to communicate with us and for us to be thoroughly equipped for all good works? So when we do spend time in scripture, we need to be intentional. Remembering that scripture is God-breathed and it is still alive and active today and that God is trying to use it to reveal himself to you. 
And while listening to the guy with an accent read you the Bible while you drive, or while listening to whoever's standing on stage teaching you about the Bible, while those are, while those are good practices, they are not a substitute for being intentional about your time spent hearing from God. And lastly, when it comes to our spiritual discipline of Bible intake, it is crucial that you surround yourself with people who can keep you accountable. Now, I think that this concept here is a pretty good rule of thumb for just about any of our spiritual disciplines. But I've seen in my life how important this is for my personal Bible intake. See, some of the most consistent times in my life when it came to this discipline was when I was in college. My roommate and I, we held each other accountable to this. Sometimes we would read the same thing. Sometimes we didn't. That didn't matter as much as us just holding each other accountable every day, making sure that the other person said what we were going, or did what we said we were going to do. And we didn't take bogus excuses for an answer. See, when we try to do this discipline alone, like anything, we come up with reasons not to. We have excuses, and since we're doing it alone, since there's no one to tell us to stick to it, we have a tendency to take the easy way out. See, doing this in community is so important, and it's one reason why, if you're not in a discipleship group here at Quad City, I want to encourage you to maybe look into finding one. See, the tight-knit groups that foster deep relationships where we hold each other accountable with each of our spiritual disciplines. So please do not try to perfect this all on your own. Now, I want to wrap up this morning by looking at Jeremiah, verse, or Jeremiah 15, verse 16. It says, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. See, if we truly believe that our scriptures are God-breathed, and if we truly believe that they are still alive and active today, then this joy, this heart's delight, is something that we can experience as well when we are in the word of God. Rather than just viewing it as a task that we have to finish, we can view it with joy and heart's delight. So if we are going to be serious here at Quad City about being disciples of Jesus, let's get serious about opening up our Bibles also. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you so much for the blessing of your word. God, we are so grateful that even though we are sinners, you love us enough to want to have a relationship with us, that you want to speak with us. And we are so grateful for that, God. Lord, I pray for all of us here today that you give us the strength to stay consistent in our Bible reading. Lord, we love you. We love your word. And in your name, amen. 
Amen. And thank you so much for joining us today here at the Quad City Podcast. Hey, our desire is that we would each look more and more like Jesus every day, week, month, and year. And we know that that doesn't just come from learning more about him and his word, but by actually applying it to our lives today. We hope that you take this message that you heard today and apply it to your life in a way that makes you honor him. Well, thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to download the Quad City app and we will see you again next time.